Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Tucson Type Podcast. My name is Tatum, and I am the founder of the Tucson Type Shop, where I get to share my art with you all and my life and experiences in Tucson. To me, the Tucson Type is not only about the art and products I make to celebrate this community, but the people who make up the town itself. So I will be your host as we talk to makers, artisans, and entrepreneurs of Tucson. My hope is to promote this community through this podcast project and through what we all do, because when it comes down to it, we're all the Tucson type. I've also decided that at the very end of each chapter, after the music rolls, I'm going to talk about a Tucson fun fact. Hopefully this is something or someone you don't already know about, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. For this first chapter, we are joined by Teresa and Hillary from Creative Kind. I am sorry about the audio quality as it's not great in some areas, but I am new to this whole podcasting thing and am figuring things out as I go along. The three of us had a great discussion last week about how Creative Kind got started and the lessons both of them have learned along the way, and I'm very excited for you all to hear it. So let's jump right into our conversation with the lovely ladies of Creative Kind, starting with the founder, Teresa Delaney. So I'm Teresa, I'm the founder of Creative Kind, formerly Creative Tribe, and really Creative Tribe, when it existed as an entity, came out of the desire to get off my computer, do some things with my hands, and more importantly, meet people here in Tucson. I had graduated from college um, in 2014, and I didn't really know many people after my friends from college left. I'm originally from the East Coast. and. I stayed in Tucson, but only had a few contacts. And I was working in an agency environment. I was the youngest person by 10 years. Um, And then after a few months, I went freelance. So I really didn't have many opportunities to meet anyone, just because I was on my computer all day, working with clients from other parts of the country. And I had a couple friends, and one of them was a stay-at-home mom. She'd been really involved in college as well at the U of A. She was a swimmer, um, and she was also just struggling to get in touch with and have contact with these people, women especially that we were seeing on Instagram but didn't know how to reach out to and meet in person face to face. We're both super introverted, we're kind of shy. So we decided to host a workshop here in town, bring an artist in to teach it at a local restaurant um, and get all these people in the same room so that they would have to talk to us and be our friends. <laughs> and it worked really well. Um, I like have since been to weddings from people that came to that first workshop. So worked out in my favor pretty well. Um, But it also showed that there was this really strong desire um, here in Tucson for not just opportunities to learn from makers and to create things and to be creative in a more informal environment, um, but also to use that as a medium for connecting with people because it kept your hands busy, you didn't have to sip your coffee or make small talk about the weather where you were. It was more so talking about the product you're working on. Everyone was put in the same seed of being a beginner, being a student, and trying to work through the same obstacles or the same decisions, and um, it was just a really natural conversation with facilitators. So it was a one-woman show until Valentine's Day of 2018 when Hillary was brought on to help out. I guess I first didn't start out as the events director, I was just kind of the like studio coordinator, studio coordinator. yes, that was the title. Um, and then once we moved up here to La Cantata and started the shop, I kind of took over events. So now I currently do all the workshops. I don't physically teach all of the workshops, but I do teach a handful of them, um, and I facilitate everything as far as the events part goes um, and help out with other things too. And what are the goals and intentions behind Creative Kind? Like, why do you all do what you do? 
In hindsight, this was a very loaded question, but Teresa and Hillary handled it great. They talked about how Creative Kind has evolved over the years, from starting pop-up events in local restaurants to renting out their own venue space to eventually making the jump to retail. For all those pivots, it's all come back to how do we help people connect through creativity? How do we keep bringing people together face-to-face? How do we foster relationships, but also give people the space to form their own um, without our involvement? Like Our biggest rewards have always been not just monetary, but we've always had these check-ins of like, are we seeing people that we know met at events interacting on Facebook? Are we seeing yeah. people come to events together after they came with strangers before? Are we seeing interactions extend beyond the space that we're holding? Um, we're big metrics for us and things we've always been paying attention to. And um, the you know the most recent wedding I went to was first a girl who came to that first workshop, now sitting next to a girl who also came. So it was like we've it's these connections that. Um, we got to watch grow Grow. and be part of, and it's been a very mutually beneficial relationship with our audience, where the audience has gotten bigger, of course, over time, which is great, Um, but there's been always back and forth. It's never been us feeding into it and no return back. Um, We've always made decisions based on our audience, and there's Mm -hmm. always been open lines of communication, and that's why we really love the retail and the shop space is not necessarily the inventory management and like picking cute things because that's fun. But we get to like, see our customers every day. Yeah. And if they want to come talk to us, we're here. Yeah. It's, and so it we have so that accessible. open, literal open door now where we can have that communication and, and openness with our clients and our yeah. guests. Is there anything or anybody that inspires you the most? That's a good question. It is a good question. I think, I mean, I know this kind of sounds cheesy, but like I, before this, I worked a million jobs. I worked in retail, I worked in travel, I did all these things. And Teresa was a really like inspiring to me and still is because she's younger than me, you know, because you see all these people, you see, um, and it's just she's just been inspiring because she like knows what she wants and she gets it done and I'm the same way and I when I know what I want I get it and I you know make it happen but just to see someone who in a community that doesn't have anything like this create something from nothing is really inspiring um, and I think just other people like for me personally just all of the like smaller artists like you and just all of the local Tucson artists that are kind of t- going out of their comfort zones and creating art and because I'm a quote-unquote creative person but I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm an artist by any means. Okay so Hillary is a super creative person and I would definitely call her an artist but that's just me. Then Teresa had a turn at telling us what inspires her the most but first we had to remember what month and day we were actually in. 19 yeah. We are now if anyone needs this check-in like I do we are now in 2020. So hello. It is May 2020. Um, so Hillary came on a year and a half ago as a culinary and it's been a huge difference for me to have someone else who we have a lot of complementary and um, similar abilities and skills and we think very similarly about how we went on the business and how we interact with people but we also challenge each other in a lot of ways and there's a lot of things she does better than I do like e-commerce fulfillment and a lot of other things as well but she keeps me on track. I always know where Teresa's keys are. Always. It's amazing. Um, phone, keys, airpods. Um, yeah she's very good at that. I am not. So there's a lot of things where we push each other and we talk a lot about how 
we especially in an ecosystem like Tucson's I look for inspiration in a lot of places outside of town yeah so I would agree with Hillary where I'm very very motivated inspired by the vendors we work with and our partnerships and our relationships with the vendors that's critical for us and so important um, and very very motivating to make sure that you guys are getting just as much or more out of this than we are um, but we also I like to look to other cities to people in other places mm-hmm. um, nationally globally and we talk a lot about how we very much feel like we want to be in competition with ourselves more than anyone else so we yeah. try to find a lot of our inspiration um, internally and combine it in new ways but just keep thinking about how we can do better and differentiate the day before yeah and, yeah um, yeah so I think as far as inspiration it's each other our families mm-hmm. for sure I think yeah we're thinking about future as well our yeah. community and then just kind of going broader and looking at what what people are doing in cool ways in other places where we can do it our own way here yeah Teresa and Hillary have been very successful and I wanted to ask them what advice they had for someone starting out they probably could write a whole book on it but for now they just gave us the cliff notes version I think the biggest barrier a lot of people have in in starting something is just that initial step of putting it out there um and in kind of a secondary aspect of that and something that someone told me when i was first starting is like the biggest advantage you have in the beginning because no one's watching you like you yeah your family's watching you but they're gonna love you anyway your friends are watching (laughs) you and if they don't then they're not your friends but like (laughs) there's a very small amount of eyes that are on you when you first start and you first get going so you can try whatever you want you can experiment you can get feedback like you have a very tight circle of people that want to help you um that's so powerful so i think People are afraid to start because they feel like they're gonna mess up or do something wrong or copy unintentionally. And there's all of this like online backlash now of people copying people and nothing's original anymore. Like one of my big things is trying to be original and I get wrapped up in it sometimes, but like nothing is. So you just have to like do your best. And I do think that'd be my biggest piece is just start and like enjoy the time you have not being watched. As Teresa says, if you're thinking about starting something, just take that first step. You don't have a ton of people watching you, and even when you do, just keep going on anyways. Hillary then shared her best piece of advice, which was... You've got to learn how to pivot, and you have to keep... You have to be able or be willing to change if you need to, because your first idea is not going to be the perfect idea or the perfect concept or whatever it is you you have have to to, yeah you get it started but don't be afraid to change or to pivot Mm -hmm. or to you know create something from that original idea because I think that a lot of people get stuck they're like this is what I do and this is all I can do no you can you know change or pivot you know try something else and you know a big part of that I would say that I have to think about a lot and I work on every day is finding the balance between wanting to perfect it and putting it out yeah because we've gotten into times this is a perfect example of rushing through things because we feel panicked or we feel um, like a little desperate or we get worried like with the COVID so we just start doing things and we don't do them the way we want to or we're not thinking about it long enough um so in those situations it you know, you did what you did, and you got something out there, and if people loved it, they loved it. If it wasn't up to your quality, then fix it moving forward. Yeah. Um, so trying to find a balance between getting it perfect and getting it out there and letting it go when it wasn't perfect and just moving forward. Like, yeah. that's the biggest thing is 
the old shop space. Like we had to do it. It was, and we did did love it. Yeah. But we did it, and then we moved on and made it way better. And I just, and again, every day I have to work on like just look at the pictures of it. Yeah, I love that. And you might not have even like had this space and what you have now if you hadn't even right. Yeah, what that imperfect version was leading to. Yeah, you have to take those steps. We then talked about what they thought the most challenging part of running a business was. I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I just get hard on myself when something isn't except or like people don't get super excited about it Mm -hmm. or want to do it as much as I did, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Something like, you know, that that's probably what gets me like is hard for me. So I would say right now the biggest thing is hiring is the hardest thing. That is. Without a doubt. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah. Like, and that's a privileged problem to have because I know there's people that would love to hire but don't have the scale or the size to do it. And we just barely do. But (laughs) honestly, I've had great employees. I'm not saying I haven't. Um, But, you know, they've like moved on or evolved or been a better fit in other places. And um, I've locked Hillary in with the co-ownership. So she married me before my fiance. Yeah, I proposed first. And... (laughs) Um, this hiring is really hard. Teresa went on to say that she believes in the hire slow, fire fast model, and Hillary agreed that it was a super challenging process, but also very rewarding once you find someone who's the perfect fit. We then moved on to a happier topic and talked about their favorite parts about running a business. Um, I do think it's going back to that intentionality, and intention is like our, our like, um, drumbeat word, which is kind of a phrase I learned from listening to a podcast with one of the former CEOs of LinkedIn, is he had this drumbeat for the company and everything kind of came back to reminding people of that drumbeat. Um, I can't remember what theirs was, but ours is intentionality. So we try and really be intentional about the thought and going back to that initial goal of everything. How do we use this to connect people? How do we use this to help people be more creative? Um, so I think the best thing is seeing that when it works and like seeing people in the space uh, or outside the space and kind of seeing that in action, um, the relationships is like what it all comes back to. I think that's the best thing is our relationships with our customers, relationships with our vendors, our relationships um, with each other and like people we do hire and have to work with, however short of a time that is, um, but also getting to see the relationships between our community that don't necessarily involve us beyond being a third party. Uh, yeah, I think that my favorite thing is that we, like, I obviously I love all the things like Teresa was going to say, but it's like, we're our own bosses and we, oh, like, yeah. coming from, like I said, coming from a traditional retail background. Generously. Yeah. That is the best thing. <laughs> I love being self-employed. Right. Like, it, I mean, that's great. And just being able to, like, cre- create, and to be able to create a community the way, without, like, a big corporation telling us how to, um... I think that freedom is really amazing. In addition to their favorite parts of the job, Teresa and Hillary also shared why they love Tucson as well. I actually like, I love Tucson. I love that it's, you know, a small big town as they say, you know, but like we just personally, like I have an amazing group of friends and a community um, that like I really trust and love. I mean, and it's taken years for that to happen, you know, I mean, but that's also me going from, you know, 
18 to 31, you know, obviously that's going to evolve as well, but I just love the community and the like local Mm -hmm. um, support and how everyone or most people here like to support local and have that kind of mentality. And I just, I love how downtown and fourth Ave and everywhere has blown up in the last few years and really like having all the great restaurants. Like, I mean, I love going to dinner. Um, do you like it? I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm from, um, these I'm from DC. So I came out here for school and I've been here for about eight years. So, um, the main thing is just the difference in the culture. I think like yeah. I remember the first time I went home, after moving out here, one of the first times I went home, I was just trying to drive and I was in the suburbs of DC and I was in a parking lot and it was like Christmas time, I think. And I was trying to drive through a shopping center parking lot and someone, I remember this so vividly, um, someone like tried to walk behind my car and I didn't move fast enough and they like banged on my window. Oh my God. And literally I just turned, my mom was sitting next to me and I was like, I'm never moving back here. I cannot <laughs> handle the stress. Like it was, that was such a telltale experience for me of people like everyone has to go first. Everyone's in a rush. There's very little consideration. Yeah. I love where I'm from. I love people, but there's this overarching, um, kind of environment of corporate ladder climbing and kind of just a stressful Hectic. lifestyle with the traffic and with everything. Mm. It's just, it all kind of builds up. You commute an hour a day and it's normal and all of that to me is crazy and then coming out here it's just you can just like breathe a little bit better teresa also mentioned that as an ambitious person she has to balance wanting to get things done really quickly with the slower pace of tucson living but overall she prefers it and i guess having someone bang on your car window to move faster in a parking lot will do that to a person both of them also went on to agree that the people of tucson were one of their favorite parts of the town and we ended our conversation with some parting words they wanted to share with you all i think mine would just be like we do need more people doing things like yes. tucson's known for being a city where people talk and don't take action a lot yes. um i don't know if people are aware of that but it's true there's a there is a perception internally and externally um and not just like politically or like whatever yeah. how you think about it but, but that whole ways, start just start like there's a lot we need more small retail we need yeah. it, especially right now like now people think it's going to be the worst time to start a small business and if you're not prepared to do it don't do it but now's a great time to start a small business like you are seeing an outpouring of local support for people that are getting started and mm-hmm. now's a good time to do it like yeah don't be afraid and if you feel like there's kind of i think two sides of the coin in tucson there's a lot of people that say that there's, and there is this kind of scarcity mindset that can yes. be prevalent and you feel like people are hoarding their knowledge or like their information or they don't want to talk about what they're paying for rent or they don't want to talk about mm-hmm. their relationships with people or they don't want to make be connections open. for you. As much of that as there is, there's just as many people that are more than willing to like share talk their knowledge, it. help you out, give you any expertise they can, yeah. come help you set something up. like. You're yeah. going to get both sides. So I think just keep looking for the positivity and keep yeah. looking for the support. And like you'll, as long as you keep saying yes to things, like you'll find your way into it. Yeah. Be open and be positive. And I think yeah. that's the thing is like, you know, knowledge is power and we can all. How many like cliches can we put? I know. It's just like, you know, live, laugh, love. <laughs> Parting. <laughs> so Yeah. So there you have it. Important cliches and life lessons from the owners of Creative Kind. Thanks for listening. And if you want to find out more and stay up to date with what's going on at the shop, 
You can follow them on Instagram at creativekindshop and check out their website at creativekindshop.com. You can also go to Facebook to see their upcoming events and workshops. And I'm Tatum. You can find me on Instagram at the Tucson type. Feel free to message me there if you have any questions or comments about the show or really about anything. If you know of anyone or would like to be a guest yourself in one of our upcoming chapters, please send me a message. I would love to hear from you all and get as many people as possible involved in this project. Thanks again for joining Teresa, Hillary, and myself today. We'll catch you next time. Okay, I promised a fun fact, and here it is. A little history lesson for you today. This fact comes from the Arizona Women's Hall of Fame archive, and that is that Jane H. Ryder became Arizona's first female engineer when she graduated from the University of Arizona in 1911 with a Bachelor of Science degree in civil engineering. She is simply a fascinating woman to read about and had a huge impact in the public health sector, not just in Tucson, but the whole state as well. So if you have time, just give Jane H. Ryder a quick little Google search to learn more. She was kind of awesome, so go check her out. Okay.